you're listening to Art of the Flow. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of running a float center. We love to give tips on starting and running our float center and just have a general discussion about anything float related. You can find us on Facebook at Art of the Float, on Twitter at Artful Floating. And as always, you can join the conversation on the show by leaving a speak pipe or voicemail on artofthefloat.com, which is also where you can find show notes, links, pictures, anything we describe on the show will most likely end up there as well. I am Dylan Calm of The Float Shop in Portland, Oregon. I am joined by Lance of The Float Shack in Red Deer, Canada. Hello. And Amy with Float Nashville. Hey, y'all. Nice. How are you guys all doing? Woo-hoo. Fabulous. You guys, yeah, uh, doing all right. you guys enjoy last week's episode, bringing, bringing the partners on? <laughs> Let's not do that too often. <laughs> <laughs> I had a blast. I loved yeah. it. I thought that was so much fun. It was fun. I, I've never had to mix so many audio tracks together. I've never had to work harder on an episode, uh, yet I've never enjoyed mixing an episode more than that one. That was a blast. So thank you guys for that. Please pass the thanks on to your partners because that was a good time. If you guys haven't listened to it, it is a lot of fun, but I also think um, there's some really interesting dynamic. That, I think there's some, some nice morals to the story, uh, if you will, by the end. <laughs> I think it was pretty pretty cool, pretty useful. Um, Let's see here. We've got a few topics we want to talk about. I, I apologize. I said I would talk about, we'd follow up about the true rest, or I guess I should say the float pod situation with trademarking. And um, basically, I didn't want to mix that conversation in with the water episode, with the water maintenance episode. And I didn't want to mix it in with the episode with our business partners. And so I, I apologize for pushing it back weeks. But, yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. There have been developments, uh, I mean, literally since the day before our episode was released all the way up to, I don't know, a day or so ago. So um, we'll, we'll touch base on that. Um, I want to hear about your guys' weeks as usual. And um, yeah, the main topic is audio. I want to talk about, uh, actually, this is Lance's idea. Lance wants to talk about audio, music. And I mean, it, it's kind of funny. It, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to audio, uh, the music that you hear or whatever you, you hear through the speakers in your float tank. So we're going to get into that, and I'm sure I'm going to learn a thing or two because I always do. As always, I want to thank FloatAway for sponsoring the show. Uh, they make the Tranquility Float Tank, but they also make something we've never talked about on the show before, which is the Float Cabin, which is a very spacious float tank that can actually float couples. So if in your area you are allowed to have two people in a float tank, if that's uh, what you want to have be part of your business model, I don't know of anybody else who's making a tank like them. So check them out. Um, Again, you can find them at www.floataway.com and uh, search for their, under their float tanks for the float cabin. It's uh, (laughs) like everything Colin does. It's a really cool, really cool product, really cool design. So check it out. It looks beautiful. I was just checking it out on their website. Yeah, yeah. I think they even have some with like showers built right yes. into them. Yes. That's amazing. That's oh my yeah. They don't they don't mess around. <laughs> oh, go big or go home. He just big. <laughs> right. So uh, let's see here. I want to talk about uh, also we, we have a few speak pipes. Um, anybody uh, if you ever want to call in or leave a voicemail from your computer, you can do that and uh, we'll play it on the show. So we'll get to those uh, before long as well. And, uh, yeah, so, oi, uh, 
Flowpod, TM, question mark. <laughs> uh, so basically, we recorded our episode, uh, and uh, Lance wasn't with us for that episode, but um, we, we talked about, basically, I mean, I gave our opinions on what we thought about uh, the, the trademark for Floatpod. And um, that was released a day after, it was recorded a day before, but the episode was released a day after Nick uh, created a response to the community uh, um, for his his YouTube page um, for uh, um, why he thought his trademark was valid. And, and <laughs> I'd say there are a lot of other things mixed in there as well that uh, did not come across very well <laughs> to the community. Would you agree with that? Um, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I think, uh, I think it, it, just, it did not feel good. Sure. I think it, it came across as bullish. Um, and, uh, I think it definitely, a lot of, um, his defense of the term float pod was based on kind of his point of view of, Hey, uh, you guys didn't seem to like this. Um, so I, I'm using it and his validation come, came through his point of view, despite there being a lot of documented evidence of it um, being in existence before his using it. So um, it, it didn't, didn't seem to go over well. Certainly it didn't go over particularly well with me. <laughs> um, the community kind of had a, a second uproar about, about that one. Um, and uh, I, if, by the way, if, if you don't know what we're talking about and you're interested, just go back to the how long, how long episode. Um, cause I don't want to, I don't want to have to go through everything about this. Uh, since then, um, he, he, gosh, was that 48 hours ago? Something like that. He released another video, seemed to give a really sincere apology, uh, for everything. He's so that he basically unplugged for a week and spent time with his thoughts and, and, uh, honestly came across as sincere and, and he, he seemed to feel bad, uh, or, or, uh, I don't know if feel bad is the right word, but, but um, he seemed to be sorry for what he's done. Do you guys have any, do you guys, <laughs> that's quite the segue for a, a trigger response, but do you guys have any thoughts on that? So, you know, um, who knows his intentions? I'm not here to, to read or guess, or even guess at his intention. Mm -hmm. I think um, all I really have to say is, you know, when all this happened um, and James Harder reported back to us about, when I say us, I am talking about Float Facilitator Forum on Facebook, um, James relayed that um, that Nick said he apologized for the letter mm -hmm. and uh, that he knew something was being sent but didn't know the details of what it said or who it was being sent to, uh, and he felt the letter should have been directed towards other float pod manufacturers and not spas. Mm -hmm. um, my takeaway from that um, was, well, then, you know... I don't know about y'all. I own a company. I know everything that goes out that door. And I know exactly mm. what's being done. Mm -hmm. And it's not just with this company. It's not just my float company. I've owned, um, I've been executive director for a nonprofit. I've, you know, run a few companies. So um, it makes me wonder just really, is he spokesperson? Is he, does he really own the company? And <laughs> because if he is sorry, which once again, I'm not here to judge him whether he's really sincere or sorry or not. Mm -hmm. Does that really mean, does he really speak for the company? Does that mean that there's going to be some changes in the company? Mm -hmm. um, I guess only time will tell at this point, but I think it's odd that his part of his mea culpa to the spas was, Hey, you know, I didn't know it was being sent. I didn't know it was in it. 
<laughs> um, it just kind of set off some red flags for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, Amy, you, I think you cut right through the fat on that one. Like, I, I, uh, I, f- I figured that's kind of where we were going to get to. But I think you, you got right to the nugget of my opinion, which is, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, as a human being, I have empathy for him and being basically like publicly spanked, you know, like that's that sucks. I, I think most of us have been there to some capacity and it, it sucks on the ego. And I think he experienced a lot of humility because of it and that he's been vocal about feeling that. And. And for that, I empathize quite sincerely. But what you discussed was that is neither here nor there in the business sense of things. And the real question is, how do you conduct your business from then on um, or, or in, the, in the past as well? And um, there are other, other people like the guy who wrote the, the letter to, to uh, James. And is it Amy Harder? Is that her name? Yes, that's correct. Um, that he would make that call in the first place is weird. You know, like that's who you're surrounding yourself with. I mean, in that video, he says he's surrounding himself with the best and this is what the best came up with um, is unfortunate. Uh, That's not, (laughs) that's, you'd be hard pressed to find me surrounding myself with people like that. um, If, if my uh, aim wasn't simply to, make money and and you know that's another thing oh boy <laughs> is uh his aim he, he has this compulsion this um this drive from within or this 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 uh vision or this mission to get a certain number of people floating i don't know if it's a thousands a million or what it is but uh if if you can't justify you can't just say you know, floating is good for people. So whatever it takes for me to get there is worth it for me to get there. Like there is a line of the sacrifices you've made to get people into these, to to this experience has its costs and can be toxic. And so I think just because you have a pure vision doesn't mean that it justifies your actions to, to getting there. So is this the turnaround? Is this where we start to see change? I think this is an open float community. I think he started with a really sincere, fresh uh, response with with that uh, video that he played. And do we get to then start seeing changes from, like you said, from within the company? Are, are, is there going to be um, some turnaround and uh, changing of business ethics? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. It, it's a good start. It, it's probably the best start that I think he could possibly have. I, I think. He, he really seemed to show some sincerity, and um, that's great. And then uh, the, really the, the proof's in the pudding and in, in your actions. So we'll see. He, he's, I think he's, from like a PR standpoint, set himself up as, as well as he possibly can to, uh, to start being a, a positive force within the industry, or at least viewed, viewed as such. Lance, I can tell you're on the edge of your seat wanting to add something to this. I'm just kidding. For anybody who's listening, he's not on the edge of his seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm really not. I, you know, I don't agree with some of the things that have happened, but I just don't want to feel the fire. I, I have a hard time talking about people and talking about, especially people I don't have kind feeling towards. So it's really hard for me to really voice my opinion about people. I don't know. Okay. That's uh, just part of being Canadian. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I can talk about transducers and speakers yes, and stereo and float tanks. We'll get like there. That. We'll get there. I swear. We'll get there. Um, can I just say real quick as just one little final thing here? Um, uh, 
the Harder family, uh, the couple who posted that picture at the beginning and, and uh, since then has had several posts and conversations with True Rest, etc. Um, I just feel like they've handled themselves so amazingly well uh, while being very earnest about their communications, but have just done an amazing job of a phone center that just opened and just like, I don't know, like they just opened Pandora's box or walked into Pandora's, uh, excuse me, Pandora's box opened upon them and, <laughs> and, uh, and they just handled it with like the prestige, like this, this, uh, like they've been doing it their whole lives. I, I don't know. I was just every single communication I saw from them. I was so freaking impressed. So, uh, for what it's worth, nice work, you guys. I, I don't know that it's worth anything, but, uh, my goodness, nice work. I have other thoughts, but I think that's it's enough. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Here's a segue. It's kind of done with that, but just segueing, segueing to um, when all of this came up, I really started looking for, in the Float Facilitators group on Facebook in particular, for our industry leaders to kind of kind of bring about opinions and, and share their, their points of view. And what I realized, and you can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, is that well, well, one is there wasn't a lot of speaking up, period. Uh, but the other thing was I realized we don't have a lot of industry leaders or uh, people that we look to for guidance, et cetera. And uh, I, it just occurred to me that, I mean, we say it almost every episode. It's, it's a Wild West, right? Like the, this industry is so new. Like to those people like uh, James and Amy Harder who are just starting out here, there's there's all these opportunities to become a pillar of the community. And there is absolutely no reason not to be um, a pillar, to be to be a representative of the community. Um, I, I guess I should say, like, Dan Larson was very vocal during this time. And, you know, that that's the ability that we have with the Internet of, of uh, a level playing field with a group like Float Facilitators. And I would just encourage anybody in, in whatever way, whether it's being vocal on Float Facilitators or whether it's coming up with some other project that helps promote the community or the float, you know, the float industry, there are no limits right now. There's no industry standards or, uh, uh, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Is that making sense? Uh, Somewhat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. It, it woke me up to the fact that there's so much open space for there to be leaders. And I'm not saying every leader needs to have a stance on whether float pod is trademarked or not. I mean, we can have innovators in the technology of float tanks, innovators in how a float center is run and uh, pillars in the community. Like there, there are so many opportunities in the float industry is all I'm saying. But I, I know maybe the segue was too poor there, uh, too, too much uh, stigma to the topic. But mm. I mean to step away from that and really what it just opened my eyes to was that the world's your oyster right now. It's just, or that the float world right now is your oyster. And um it's yours to get like they're there it's uh sorry i don't mean to get political here and i think i can edge around that but in america we have a two-party system we have democrat and republican and you can't get a third party in uh, the u.s has just evolved that way uh unlike canada lance um but in the float industry we don't have this calcified system of how things operate or who the the leaders are in the industry Everything is open to turnover, change, and for people to rise up and be an innovator or a pillar, etc. And so I, even the people who are, are starting their float centers right now, today, or they're opening next month, there's nothing stopping you from being 
a guide or what, whatever it means to you in this, in this uh, community. Is that clearer? Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, there's All lots right. of opportunity. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you there. All right. All right. Uh, nice controversial <laughs> beginning to our episode. Excellent. I want to uh, segue now to uh, a couple of our speak pipes. Let me, let me get the first one uh, going here. Hey, guys. Um, Jack here from South Carolina. I was wondering if you could touch on a topic for me, uh, something you can't really change uh, after you've opened your center, and that is uh, location, 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 and uh, you know its role in the float center business, and you know specifically on you know customer convenience versus price per square foot, and uh, does it even matter in this industry? And I'd really like to hear what you guys have to say on the matter. All right, thanks. Awesome, awesome speak pipe. Uh, I think that's a great question, and uh, I am ready to learn something. I, as always, I have an opinion queued up, <laughs> but uh, I'm curious what you guys think. Well, at one time, like when we were looking for our location, uh, at the time there was not any float centers in our province. There was absolutely nothing, so we decided for us that location wasn't the biggest deal we were able to go a little bit off the beaten path not get that street front traffic that a lot of businesses get because we thought we'd be a destination location if people are coming to float they're going to look for us and they're going to drive the extra two minutes out of the way mm-hmm. to come see us um mm-hmm. but now with some of these bigger centers or bigger cities i should say where there is multiple centers coming up um do you know someone that has a location right beside a subway or a, a train of some sort versus someone overlooking a park or a river or something? It's uh, There's a lot that can be said about location, but um, like you said, once you sign that lease, it can't really be changed until that's up. So <laughs> you just have right, to make the right. best of your location, I believe. Um, what about you, Amy? What do you think about that? Yeah, so this is actually, like Dylan said, this is a good speak pipe because it's something that Uh, I've actually spoken about to several people in the last few weeks. Um, One of those people is up in Pennsylvania, and they talked about making it, just like you talked about, Lance, kind of doing a retreat type thing. And they had had some other ideas to put in besides just float tanks. Uh, So float tanks wasn't going to be their main thing, um, but they were talking about putting it out, you know, in more of the suburbs and actually a little bit beyond the suburbs. And I think the other services that they were going to offer would be great but i said to them i said if somebody opens a float tank in town where you're speaking of you might as well just go sell those float tanks in my humble opinion because (laughs) it's it's something that maybe some people they had other services that were on the higher price points that i'm not sure people would add it they wouldn't be an add-on necessarily Mm -hmm. so i i like lance i think if you you have to think ahead are you a larger city is it going to effect like nashville has all these different sections so i could put one in the south section of nashville and and i wouldn't be affected too much if somebody put one in these section because they would attract a totally different kind of person but that's because we're a you know million person city Mm -hmm. it matters a little bit more when you're smaller um that said just as we look in different towns i have to i know how much i can make now or approximately how much i can make and I know how much I want to take home. And I know how much I want to pay people. So I really have to start weighing those options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm 
I'm like, okay, I can see where my people are coming from. I see how many people travel. Um, so I feel good putting one by the highway and maybe eschewing the downtown area and saving myself a few bucks a square feet. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know where how, where y'all are, uh, Jack. Oh, you said South Carolina. So I'm not sure which part of South Carolina, but um, I know that there is a price point that I will not <laughs> go over mm-hmm. um, per square foot. Because I just, for me, um, I just would not be comfortable. I would not make what I want to make. Um, so it is kind of a personal decision, and it, I think a lot of it has to do with the town you're in, how big it is, um, how many tanks um, the town can handle. Um, so it's it's kind of a loaded question, and especially once mm-hmm. you've signed that lease, you're you're kind of stuck with it, and it's a very you know your build out's expensive. It's very hard to move once you've done it. Um, but I do think it's something that needs to that is very important overall to the to the. Um, the business but a lot more goes into that thought than do i need to be right in the middle of town with a lot of storefront or not i think there's a lot of other factors mm-hmm. that need to be taken into consideration man uh wow you guys covered that <laughs> really well uh let's see here i don't know that i could add anything to it other than uh let's see here uh you can have different obstacles if you're downtown like just noise can be a different obstacle as well so i guess it's it's not just the doing the calculations on the financials um but uh, yeah, to, to be honest, Sandra and I uh, did the math on what if we had opened in a suburb versus downtown and like how many fewer uh, based on square foot rent out there uh, based on or yeah, um, how many fewer floats we would need to break even as opposed to what we need to break even in a, you know, trend on a trendy street here. And it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it makes such a big difference. Um but uh, weighing it out, uh, I think you guys have covered all the, all the important points of those things to, to figure out what's good for you. So beyond that, I don't think I have anything else to add. I hope we helped you out, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's bring up our, our next speak pipe here. Hey, Dylan, Lance, Amy. Dan here up in Senseless Flow in northern Alberta, even further north of Lance. Still have Chuck Lakins up here, though. <laughs> Just wanted to say thanks for what you guys are doing. Um, wanted to make sure at least I took the time to say that I listen to the podcast every week that it comes out. And from before we started the Float Center to now, and we've only been open for maybe two two months. It's pushing three here. And it's been such an inspiration. And hope and god send of just having the information and access to your guys's knowledge experience insight the communities as everyone knows is so open loving and wants everyone to succeed but it's nice when you go into a venture like this that there's not a lot of local shops around for the people that are in the same industry so it makes it feel much smaller and tighter knit um, with this community than it sometimes can seem without it where I honestly would have felt lost for it, but I wanted to take the time just to make sure I say, thank you. Good job. Keep it up. It It is making a difference. Um, the people that I try to get to tune into the show centers that have come through here or people wanting to open up centers and make sure I say, check out flow facilitators, um, check out art of the flow. So it's been great. Um, Small, small world, but we've already had a chance to float one of Lance's guests um, that at his first float at the float shop. And, even Nashville, um, one of Amy's <laughs> guests we've had up here for it. And nothing but great things to say about your guys' nice. center, but it does make it seem so much smaller. So, again, I've said it again, and I'll say it 10 more times. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, keep it up. The inspiration is great. Wow. 
Yeah. I don't think we got a question out of that one. I'm not sure it was sweet. But that was that felt good. And it's so right. cool. I love I love when people from other float centers come and float. Right. It's the best thing <laughs> in the world. So much fun. Thank you. Um this was said earlier in the week. I had actually forgot what, what was on the speak pipe, but he did send a follow-up email that said he wanted to apologize to Lance for calling the float shack the float shop. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> which happens a lot. Uh, like float shop seems synonymous to like float center. Uh, right? Yeah. Anyway, so thank you so much for the compliments. And and uh, while I was listening to that, I was I was thinking how refreshing it is when like at a time where like just the industry there's a little bit of uh, some rough stuff going on. Um, feeling the tightness of the community and the positivity of what this industry has to offer. <sighs> that's really refreshing. <laughs> that feels really good. And I really do believe that's true. I, I think, I don't think there are, uh, most industries are as positive and tight knit as this one. It, it's pretty cool. And it's a really cool time that we're in where we get to make it what we want. So that's awesome. Uh, let's see here. Did you guys have any other thoughts on that? About how awesome that it is to be complimented? <laughs> it is pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, That's fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to um, hear more about his chuck wagon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> How much hate mail do you get about uh, from other Canadians <laughs> spreading uh, chuck wagon stereotypes? Uh, <laughs> let's see here. So, uh, oh, oh, you know, so we always talk about our week. Um, I think all of us kind of agreed on one topic to talk about for our, our shared weeks this week, which is, uh, it's been a little slow. Has it been a little slow for you guys? <laughs> it seems like that's our topic every week. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, uh, no. I was say. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, actually, we started picking up this week a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm feeling a little bit better about that. <laughs> Man. Saturday, we had the busiest day we ever had because it was the first oh, nice. weekend we introduced the third tank. And nice. then Sunday was the slowest day we ever had. So uh, let's just say it was an average weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That is so oh. funny. Uh, funny. And yeah, you know, things have been slow for the shop with uh, this time of the year, but we've been managing to make good revenue uh so that's been really nice like it's been light on the floats i guess a little heavier on the massage which is good we don't make as much money from that but it's just all balanced out to um the, the floaters who are coming in paying full price or something near that i suppose and um so it's, it's worked out really well so uh while our employees are going uh -huh, like come on uh shouldn't we do a sale here shouldn't we shouldn't we do something and sandra and i get to be kind of lean back crack our fingers put our feet up on the table and say it's gonna be fine <laughs> it's fine <laughs> and uh i i don't want to flood things with with ads you know like we can increase our social media or keep it going that's fine but i, I just because we have a slow week or, or two weeks even doesn't mean that we need to fill it with sales that's a super important thing to bring up i think um I always try to think before I put a sale out there, before I put a package out there, am I doing this out of fear or am I doing <laughs> this because this is something I've planned mm -hmm. and it's done for a purpose? Um, and whenever you catch yourself putting, I say you, I, it just all of us in general, I think when we catch ourselves putting something out there with fear, people can, people can pick up on that. Even if we don't think we're putting that out there, I do think it's 
people people catch on to the that subtlety of it. Like I see it in the massage field a lot um, with some of my uh, colleagues, and I've been there. By the way, I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else, um, but I have. After being in business for a few years, it gets to that point where I can, like you, Lan- or Dylan, I can kind of sit back and be like, okay, it's going to be fine. This is a slow time. That's totally right. normal. It's all good. Deep breath and. We'll check the numbers in a week. <laughs> right. Do you guys check your, your numbers every day? Lance? I've got problems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we do like a full check report at the end of the day with everything on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, Amy, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's a good, healthy thing. I think your reaction is the, <laughs> what could potentially be unhealthy uh. is if, if that's freaking you out, giving you cold sweats, if you have a bad day. And we've talked about this before. Don't, don't judge your business off one day or even a weekend uh, or even a week, potentially. I mean, it's really end of the month stuff really starts making a difference and, and really overall at the end of the year, uh, what you're doing. So, um, but, but yeah, I really like to know every day what's, what's going on check multiple times a day that's when it gets scary. <laughs> <laughs> i've been there i've been there that's for sure um yeah anything else about the slow so i i guess we we kind of had slow weeks but we're really in different ways at the same time that's interesting mm-hmm. uh school is out is that true all over the the place uh no i no? think school's still in session i think there's still some school in session okay Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, school is out in Oregon, at least. And so uh, that just changes the dynamic and changes how many, what type of clientele we have coming in the door. So uh, we just, we noticed that. Huh. Sound. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Of course, I want to first thank the Float Conference for sponsoring us. Uh, they host, uh, well, they host the Float Conference. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can check it out at floatconference.com to, to book your tickets, check out past speakers, all that good stuff. The, I think it's on Friday, uh, the day before the conference starts in earnest, you can actually do a lot of float-related activities. And if you're like me and you like beer, then what you can do is get on the craft beer bus tour of float centers in Portland. So I believe, I'm not sure if it's going to be the same this time, but last time it was a double-decker bus, which is just freaking awesome. And uh, you get to check out all the float centers in Portland while having some nice brewskis. So uh, I would... uh, I'd encourage you to check that one out if that sounds like like fun to you. Do you guys do you guys drink hoppy beers? Is that do you guys drink beer? I, I drink beer. Okay. Not, <laughs> I'm not much of a hoppy guy. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, it's just something that I was thinking about the other day was how Portland like every beer seems to be upping the ante in hops in their beer, and. Uh, I, I realize, like, I don't know if you've ever read the book Dune, the the sci-fi book, but there's the spice, the essence, and it just permeates everything on the planet Arrakis, and and uh, I feel like that's where I'm at, where like hops is just in the air, so I need a beer that is just absolutely ridiculously high in hops to be able to even taste it or enjoy it, and to somebody else, it's just like it's bitter, it's bad, it's too much, and for me, it's just hitting the bar barely. No, all right, just me. That's fine. Well, guys, be careful when you come to Portland. We uh, we like our hops. So <laughs> start building up your tolerance now. <laughs> but your eyes won't go blue. Let's see here. Music. Lance, take it away. Yeah. No, I'm just, um, 
I think sound is a huge part of well, what we do facilitating floats for people. We, we often wake people up with sound. We have sound in our lobby. We have sound in our rooms. We use the sound to um, help people ease into their float. We've had people do learning tapes and guided meditation. I'm just curious how other people are running the sound aspect, aspect of their, uh, their float center. Mm-hmm. Um, there is almost endless possibilities of different ways you can run it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just seeing if there's more efficient ways or better ways that we can improve or ways that we can share with other people what we're doing. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. I have a feeling our system is going to be the most archaic out of all you guys. Actually, maybe I'll start because of that. Uh, There was a stereo left in the space we moved into. (laughs) (laughs) So we hooked up all the audio cables from our float tanks uh, up into the ceiling, and then they drop down into that stereo. And uh, we plug an iPod into that. And uh, gosh, I think when we first opened, we actually would play a track off of a CD. We had to do it manually. But now we use an app that automatically goes off at particular times of the day, and it fades in music, and then we, we manually hit stop. And that is it. So is each room controlled independently or just... One stereo. I don't know if I care for that tone, Lance. <laughs> uh, it's a question. It's a question. It's, uh, it is a question. Uh, yeah, we are uh, pretty drastic when it comes to that one. Um, it, we, uh, <laughs> it's all coming from the same source. And if somebody wants to play separate music, we cannot uh, facilitate that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, at that point, we would recommend they check out Float On, where they, they do have devices to, to do that. I have a quick question. Yeah. How about the app that you mentioned? Which app do you use? Oh, man. I don't know. So, of course, I, of course, right? Um, I'm going to, I think it's like called Alarm HD or something like that. Something real simple. But I'll, I'll post that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The app we're using is called Alarm Clock Pro. And okay. um, that has a, same as Dylan, we have all of our alarms come off at every set time we have it um, we also use a sleep timer function on there as well um, so we have a pre-programmed track it's about 15 minutes after we give people their walkthrough and they go to their float room we press sleep timer uh, music plays for 15 minutes and then fades out to nothing um, mm. we usually do with people we usually do that with people their first float oh, um, okay. just to show them like We'll play some music for the first few minutes then you'll get familiar with what's going to wake you when you're at when mm-hmm. your time is up and It'll help you, you know, sort of ease into your flow. Can I say that I think that's pretty freaking genius? And we, I don't know why it's not continued. We did that for a while after you mentioned that the first time, Lance. And it did make a difference in um, diminishing the nervousness about not hearing the music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, exactly, I, sorry, go ahead. I remember my first float. It was like yes. halfway through, I, you know, came came awake and I was like, was that the music? What does the yep. music sound yep. like? You yep. know, am I going to hear the music? I got earplugs in. So it's amazing what your brain will create. Yeah, like, oh, I, exactly. I, yep, I remember my first float too. Yep. So yeah, we just play it for that first few minutes. It's just some. It's actually the song we use is called the world's most relaxing tune. I think it, it was a little a, too edgy. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was a group of scientists that got oh, together cool. and they did a bunch of research to find like what song or what. <laughs> Blends of sounds relax people more than others. And this was one of the most scientifically relaxing songs. So that plays for 
about 10 minutes when they're in the float tank, five minutes when they're in the shower, and complete silence. And it's Rod Stewart's, do you think I'm sexy? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I, I would like to see the peer review of that that report. That's interesting. Yeah, we do things a little bit differently in Red Deer. <laughs> brilliant. Um, oh. Yeah, you know, speaking of brilliant, yeah, when Lance was talking, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. The, knowing what the music sounds like through the water, I mean, that's just one more anxiety you could potentially have getting into the float tank. And so mm -hmm. that just kind of just removes that obstacle, like make mm -hmm. everything as easy as you can getting somebody into that float tank. But yeah. Lance, do you have, so you can play uh, music separately for people? Yeah, so we have, um, we actually just use a, uh, a cheap receiver. It's actually like a Best Buy brand. It's an Insignia NSR514 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm familiar. But it, it's a, <laughs> it's like a, it's a two hundred dollar receiver. But um, we have uh, one wall speaker in each room and four transducers in each float tank. Huh. So the wall speaker plays while they're showering, just to create that ambience and sort of. Huh. If we're slamming doors or bringing a mop <laughs> right, bucket right. down the hallway, that sort of covers that up. Nice. And um, yeah, each each receiver is controlled off its own iPod. We use iPod Touch. Ah, okay. And um, then we can program all our timers, our alarms. We can control um, all of our pods are off a Wi-Fi switch, so we can use um, the iPods for that. And uh, also our receivers are also Bluetooth capable. So this is something we spread more to our, our members, but um, people that float more frequently with us, they can actually connect their phone to the receiver and then bring the phone with them into the room. And then they have full control over the float tank, um, in the room. So I also, I've had, uh, like an iPod with an otter box, like the waterproof cases or life proof case, whatever. And, uh, I've been able to bring that into the float tank nice. and use the Bluetooth with that. So <laughs> that's been nice, nice for, for different, <laughs> cool. sometimes I'll listen to podcasts or, I've listened to a couple like Graham Hancock books in the float tank, and nice. it's nice being able to have control for volume or pause right, or, right. or that. So. Wow. Lance, I love it. Um, mm -hmm. Can you please post some of the equipment that you use so that we can, so that I can steal your ideas and use them for my center? Yeah. Yeah. I have all my links up here. So. Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, um, Wow, that's great. I love it. So A, it sounds cost effective, which I always love. There, there are some people are spending some amazing amounts of money on their sound systems and their central computers that control everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I personally have a hard time finding justification for that when you can have an app, you know, I mean, even buying a few old iPod touches would do it for me. You could do that all under for for under a thousand dollars and then yeah, I think, like I said, our receiver, I think it's $150 American, it's $199 Canadian, and then you add your iPod Touch on there, and I think we're about 400 bucks a room per stereo, but I think we even traded some floats for one of the iPods. <laughs> but <laughs> so. Yeah, and we use iPods as well. Getting them refurbished, buying mm -hmm. refurbished iPods saves you a lot of money as well. But it's sure. what we mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. And so do you have, what app are you using, Amy? Well, we don't use an app at all, actually. Um, we do have individual amps for each room. We discovered cool. these amps called LePay amps that are were $18 a piece, and they're awesome amps, by the way. 
small little ones and we bought them off of Amazon.com. I think and- I own three of those because I wanted to change our audio years ago. I've been so I'm in the middle of a move at the moment and I found these. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I had a tent to update our audio system. I think I have three of those literally ten feet underneath me right now, downstairs. Nice. Well we do that and it does allow us to utilize um people's phones, their if they bring in an iPod. Uh, or an MP3 player that allows us to um, to utilize those and play whatever we want into individual things. Nice. I do like the Bluetooth idea, and we were just talking about that today, actually. Um, we do, my Mark and I have a waterproof Bluetooth mic that actually sticks on the wall um, that we'll mm. take in with us and play with. And I also have used the... Um, uh, it's an otter. It's not an otter box, but it's basically a bag that keeps the phone dry. We've we've taken that mm. in and played with it, but we have not um, opened that to our clients sure, yet. But sure. we, we tell them that they're they're welcome to do that um, and play with that. But um, so Mark and I have played with it, but we haven't really opened opened up that possibility to our client. But those will pay for eighteen bucks a piece. They are fantastic, and I recommend if you've got them, Dylan, pull those puppies out and use them. All right. Yes, ma'am. We'll do. <laughs> I, I think, you know, the reason I didn't use them is because they didn't come with the power component as well, the, the plug-in part. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, <laughs> apparently that's the only roadblock I needed <laughs> to not finish the project. <laughs> <laughs> there have been many phases of my life running a business and the amount of motivation mm-hmm. I have for particular things. So uh, unfortunately, that, that stemmed me. Um, shoot, there was something else I want to ask. Oh, Amy, do you have speakers in your rooms like Lance does? No, we don't. And I hope Mark does not listen to this because we will have them in the next two days if he, if he hears that. I think that's uh, a really we, cool idea. It is. It's actually a really fantastic idea. It's just that it will disrupt my day if Mark <laughs> finds out. He'll want to go out and do it immediately. Right. right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, well, I think I'm... it's actually fantastic. Uh, yeah, but it's really great getting ready for a float in your room. Do you guys have any... Uh, does anything come up in your mind about cons, about about uh, negatives that would come from having a speaker in your room? I'm just trying to think, like, if I brought this idea to Sandra, would would she just be like, yes, let's do that? Or is there, I mean, Lance, do you experience any negatives? Well, we have a, <clears throat> we keep the volume control for, so, like I said, the float tank and the wall speaker are uh, operate off the same receiver, but we mm-hmm. run a separate volume control through the circuit to the wall sure, speaker. Sure. So when we set the volume we want in the float tank, we can then move the dial to set the wall volume where we think is comfortable for someone who's showering, sure. who's getting ready, so on and such forth. Um, I don't see any downside if you position your speaker in the right place. You don't want to position your speaker in one room and it's two feet away from where someone's head is in the float tank mm-hmm. in the other room. So Got it. Um, and, and proper insulation of that, like build boxes to put your speakers in, you know, use proper sound insulation behind that. So the sound's directly going where it needs to go, but I don't see any downside to it at all. Cool. Good. Then I've got a good argument. (laughs) Excellent. I like it. Thanks, Lance. Um, Mm -hmm. what kind of, you said you have, you have transducer speakers in your float tanks? Yeah, we run, I think it's called Visonics. Vid, vid Sonics uh, okay. transducers. Um, they came with our float tank, but I've also purchased some aftermarket, and they seem to be awesome. Um, ours are like a four, a three inch 
like a three inch transducer. I think they're about 50 watts. Um, but yeah, this company makes them up to like a five inch base shaker transducer where you can <laughs> literally like shake your whole float tank if you want. <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> what we're aiming for. Yeah. Hey, nice. I've actually been talking about that recently because, um, that doesn't surprise me. I wanted to do some sort of like, <laughs> If all of our tanks are waking up at the exact same time, if I was to mount transducers into my floor of all the float rooms, I think that'd be able to, like, shake the floor to wake someone up from, like, a vibration versus just sound. Or using a subwoofer to shake the floor. I'm, I'm going to play with it. This is where the genius has, has passed the rest of society. It's called a heretic. <laughs> wake him up with a sonic boom? Is that what we're going for? No, just like a nice pulsating vibration. Because we don't have lights in our float tank. Some people use lights to wake people up. Uh-huh. We, use, we just use aud- like audio. But again, this, this... So, okay. If someone is listening to music during their float, so they bring in their music and they're like, we want to listen to music my entire float. That's okay, but we use music to wake you out of your float. Mm -hmm. So how do we stop the point of you're in theta state listening to whatever track you want? Um, We need something to transition into other music, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've wanted to use some sort of a pulse where it's like a nice almost vibration that slowly arises and then the music transitions. But right now in in that case, we use bells. So we tell people, when you hear the bells, it's time to get out. And it's just nice. a ding, ding, ding. Because it's something you can't really miss. Like, you can't right, miss right. annoying bells. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> 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 nice, Lance. Nice nice setup. I like that a lot. So the difference between a trend... Can, can we talk about transducers real quick? I know, I know we stepped away from that for a second, but... The difference between a regular speaker and a transducer, I, I believe, like, a regular speaker is just meant to... There's, there's vibration. Well, real basic, it just causes vibrations in the air, and it's designed to be heard that way. But a transducer is placed against an object, which makes the actual object the speaker. And mm-hmm. I think this was like classified information until not that long ago. I think it was under 10 years that it, maybe maybe it's a little longer than that, but they're used on submarines, and it was, this was just classified information, and then you know, it, there's some kind of expiration on that, and then it hit, started hitting the market. But kind of kind of a little little cool history. I don't remember exactly what it is with the transducer speakers, but a real crazy technology to hold these speakers, put it against your table, put it against the wall, you know, put it against all these different um, materials and see what the sound sounds like. And the, the entire unit then becomes that speaker, which is uh, going to be ca- cause much more clear audio than slapping or gluing a speaker to the wall of your float tank. Um, Would you guys agree with that? Which is interesting. I'm just going to throw this in real quick is because we do have, we have an Oasis, which is a fiberglass, and then we Mm -hmm. have an escape pod, which is a metal tank. Mm. And Mark and I were discussing today, um, it uh, transmits sound. And, you know, he was giving his opinion. He feels that if you're listening to audio, uh, he'd much rather be in the escape pod because for him, it sounds more more clear ah, as opposed mm-hmm. to, and he feels it has to do with the sound waves traveling through the different material. That's what um, I would assume. And our mm-hmm. favorite thing is in our third tank, his open tank, he has a transducer up against wood. And mm-hmm. man, that whole room just 
creates a glorious sound, in oh, my wow. opinion. So it's interesting to see the difference, even though we use the same. <laughs> by the way, our transducers are PQN audio 50-watt transducers. Um, so it's been interesting to see those um, play out in different tanks. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it, it is. It's going to be different in every float tank, and you might even need to, like Lance has talked about, having different um, audio levels set for your different float tanks because of that, too, mm -hmm. um, so that you can you can customize it. It could be real vague in one float tank and just blaring in another float tank. So um, I, I think you can pick up a, a volume knob anywhere and just connect, connect the uh, audio wires to either side of that like you would in a, a light switch. Um, what kind of music do you guys play? Um, and do you play different music at the beginning and different music at the end? Uh, yes, we do. Um, yeah, we just play that, that one relaxing tune where I think it's about a 10-minute track. Um, at the beginning, at the end, we just use this album we bought called Tranquil Landscapes, and it's <laughs> Matthew bought it. And uh, we've been using that ever since, and it's just... Nice. I don't know. I'd like to be changing it up a little bit, but it's hard to... It's hard to find what what works. I don't know. Yeah, that that's funny. <laughs> I also I find it very difficult to find what works, and I know technically it shouldn't be that difficult because you've. I mean, when I listen for the music, I I can't have heavy drum kicks. Like they can't be really active drums. It's just <laughs> too violent when you're coming out of a float. You need something that's that's very light. Yeah. Uh, I we we when we first opened, we played singing bowls. And uh, we weren't waking people up. We, we would always end up needing to knock or mm -hmm. we'd open the lid on the tank from using the button to try to wake them up. And um, what we found was that, okay, we need some kind of momentum to the song. It can't just be super chill, relaxing singing bowls, um, which would, by the way, be great to listen to during your float, uh, but not, not to wake you up. So do you guys have any other requirements for your music? No, I, I agree with you there. Like, I don't want anything that has a beat or a rhythm that really, like, defines what they need to feel like after their float. Like, oh, yeah. Some stuff, like, uh, it's just, it's that beat where not everyone's going to be operating at that. Skrillex. At that Skrillex. Yeah. 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 Too much. <laughs> Too much. Uh, Mark actually wrote our music. Um, so we live in Nashville. And, of course, everybody's very sensitive to the fact that, um, you know, we want to be uh, very aware of the songwriters getting their royalties and that sort of mm. thing. And because we don't have a BMI, ASCAP, or CSAC license, um, mm -hmm. and like I said, Mark is a songwriter, so this is a very sensitive thing in Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, he did write our music, and he makes it so it fades in. It's a beautiful song. And he also recently wrote a very, very effective um, song for waking up people who are very difficult to wake up. So it's oh, been kind of nice um, to have someone there who can kind of craft music specifically for uh, around what we want and for the for the purpose. That's really cool. So kind does that then bring in a little bit of drum or bass? Some... Oh boy, does it. Um, so <laughs> the, <laughs> I, I actually, I'm going to see if I get his permission to post it because it's really kind of um, interesting to listen to. Cool. Basically, what he did, he made some odd beats, and at odd times, he has things like phones ringing, sirens, <laughs> roosters crowing. And it's, oh, God. But you know what? We were trying to play some other music with some heavy bass to wake people up, uh -huh. and it was working some, some of the times, but some of the time it wasn't. This song has not bailed us yet. Wow. Well, yeah, it doesn't sound like it could. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, awesome. 
we we would play uh, Miles Davis to wake people up, but I don't remember what track specifically. But he'll blast that horn and he'll he'll wake anybody up. It, it works <laughs> pre- pretty darn well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, a rule that we used to have was no lyrics. Um, kind of like what Lance said, we didn't want to paint somebody's experience coming out of their tank. But what we've also found, we found a couple tracks that. Um, it almost doesn't matter what they're saying necessarily, but just the vocals are an instrument and it just sounds beautiful. Um, that has worked nicely for us. Do you I guys have it. any? Yeah. I was going to actually, it's funny you brought that up because the last time I was in your tank, you had just run a contest for mm-hmm. music for the mm-hmm. tank. It just shows how long ago it's been since I've been there. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, there was, I remember there being some lyrics to that but I don't remember lyrics per se but like you said it was the voice as a almost as a vocal instrument it was beautiful Mm -hmm. I Um, wonder if that was Juliana Barwick uh does that sound familiar honestly I don't (laughs) wait was that Star Wars (laughs) 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 um I uh Juliana Barwick comes to mind but yeah I'd, I'd have to go through some fossilized facebook posts to to find out what that was i'm not i'm not quite sure um but hey there's an idea uh Mm -hmm. is is doing a contest um to uh get people interested yeah and you had people vote correct dylan that was a while back Mm -hmm. did Uh, you put it up and no i i oh wow amy you're really making me (laughs) I'm so the dust sorry. Off of my memories here, but so I think we we did initially. People would just submit their ideas uh, of what music to play, and then I believe we did a vote internally within the company on which songs. But maybe and and uh, what we might have done is broken it down to the best songs that we thought uh, would be great, and then handed it back to the public to vote, or we just did an internal voting in itself. And I remember it being brutal. I remember it being cutthroat, people very passionate, and <laughs> people walked away very unhappy from, from that uh, get-together. Uh, so be careful with that. And uh, please, uh, take it with a grain of salt <laughs> as uh, time goes on. Yeah, but anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of which, how often do you change your music? That was actually one of Lance's questions. It's a good one. Uh, how often do you rotate it? You know, for hours, we've had this recent song on for quite a while. We did try to change it, and then everybody was saying, where's the other music? So we finally ah. put it back. Oh, because that's funny. this last one just seems to resonate with people, and it is quite a glorious song. Mark did an amazing job. It's one of my favorites that he did. So, does that he want to sell mm-hmm. that on? Uh, he gives it away. He gives it away. Mm-hmm. You, can we put that on the on the website? I will double check, but oh, I'm pretty sure them. he wouldn't mind that at all. Um, he's he's very generous with his music, and and then there's huh. no fees or anything associated with it. That's yeah. Wow. So I think that will not be a problem. I will I will send it along. Well, if he didn't come across well in our last episode, he sure is now. Yeah, yeah, he said quite a bit. Um, one of the songs sounded a little creepy in it, so we had to take that down quite a bit. But sure, <laughs> sure. Well, it was beautiful outside the tank, and we played it in the tank, oh. and it was like, oh, this is kind of scary. It was frightening. Interesting. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't go well. So not all music plays well in the tank. That makes sense. That makes sense. We found that sense. out. Have you ever seen those speakers that they're um, just metal rods? Sometimes they'll be curved rods. Mm-hmm. 
and they, they sound very airy. They sound very different than your standard speaker. Like every speaker sounds different. Uh, and I mean, we're even talking about transducer speakers and regular speakers. And um, it, it totally makes sense that listening to it in your earbuds or on speakers is going to sound completely different than in the float tank. So that's where you've got to test it out. That's awesome. I love that story. Hey, Dylan, I do have a question for you because I know you have an open tank. Yes. Um, you know, we talked about if you couldn't wake someone up, you knocked on the door, uh-huh. knocked on their tanks. Yeah. Um, what happens when you have someone in the open tank that you can't we, wake up? Uh, we knock on the door and, and, and wait for a verbal. Open, or they still wake um, You know, that it's been very rare that somebody. Well, so when somebody's in a float tank with the lid closed, that blocks a lot of audio right so if somebody's spaced out and you're knocking on the door if they're in theta or whatever state that is um, they are not going to wake up due to your knocking and um, in the open float room they are going to hear your knocking that's going to that's going to come in very clearly um, that, that makes a difference what why are you laughing um, i'm laughing i'm laughing we've actually had it happen several times we can't wake them up and Mark has even turned on the like reached in the door and turned on the light, <laughs> the overhead light. That did nothing. Oh boy. And it this is fortunately this part's only happened once because we could not get him to wake up. Uh, Mark started throwing hand towels through the door wow. at the client. It's <laughs> 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 just like well, it's right. so bad. I'm like, oh my god, Mark's throwing things at our client. <laughs> um, <laughs> fortunately, first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we have not thrown towels at clients since then, but he did. Huh. That's the only thing that finally woke him up. I think Mark that he, wow. he thinks he hit him somewhere, probably in, in like around the around the head. Oh, this is sounding really bad. I'm not sure. This well, is a good no, thing to share, I, you know what? You, but. I think, I, I, maybe I shouldn't say stumble. That's what I wanted to say. But I think <laughs> this is a really important discussion of like talking about how things are not refined in the industry. This is a really good topic, and. Uh, I'd be curious, actually, gosh, if anybody's listening and they know, oh, I know what the proper answer is to this, leave a speak pipe. Please tell the rest of the community on this one. Uh, we'll play it ASAP. But, um, like, I-, I had somebody float with us, and I-, I don't think I've told this story on the air before. I'm not sure if I have, but um, this is, I always feel like this is one of my good ones. <laughs> this, is, this is a gem here. Uh, <laughs> And, and I'll tell it out of context uh, or, or uh, out of order of how I figured it out and tell you in chronological order of how it happened. Uh, this gentleman um, was leaving a parking lot and somebody got stabbed directly in front of him while he was in his car and the violence ended up taking place on the hood of his car. So, I mean, like as visceral and up close as you can, as it can possibly happen, it happened right there in front of him. Then he drove to the float shop to have a float afterwards he had he had an appointment scheduled on the way to his float he got in a car accident why he got into a car accident huh i wonder if he was experiencing any shock or any anything crazy from just having witnessed that um well he didn't tell us any of that information uh goes up for his float did not wake up for his music this is years ago um and knocking knocking yelling not what you want to do in a super chill float spa, you know, is, is hey, hey, <laughs> you know, hollering, uh, but eventually opening the door. Sir, sir, hello. I don't remember his name, but blah, 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 blah. No, knocking on the, on the closed float tank, knocking, 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 nothing. Uh, opening the lid, making sure that I was off to the side, that I couldn't 
you know, see inside of the float tank, opening the lid, seeing legs there, starting to get scared about, you know, just you're seeing, <laughs> you're seeing two pairs of legs floating there. That's scary. Um, it was really starting to feel the adrenaline. If I'm, I'm sure I felt it to some degree from the beginning, but, but it was really starting to feel it at that point. Nothing was happening. I left. I came back with a broom. I got the, the <laughs> not the bristle end, but the other end of the broom. And I started you dunking his, his feet <laughs> underneath the water. And uh, one of those times it, it woke him up. And he came to just like anybody else would. Just like, oh, hello. Hey, yeah, yeah, all good. And um, it was afterwards that he told us about all the events leading up to it. And it was like, oh, yeah, dude, you're in complete shock. And this is probably the best thing you possibly could have done for your brain. Similar to, a, I mean, this is without, you know, research backing up or anything. But in my opinion, similar to a concussion, like your brain needs to process this. It needs to chill out. It needs to do a lot of work right now. That relaxation or parasympathetic state is going to be great for. And um he was in it. He was in it deep. And so that was that. Really cool guy. Very friendly. Very okay with the situation. But then this brings up... Lance, did you have something to... I was just going to say your advice from that story is to use a broom? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, no, no, no. That, no. We have a lawyer statement at the beginning of these shows. I was, I was going to say, like in Tennessee, like Amy, you know, she has to have certain flooring. She has to do this, can't do that. But you're allowed to throw things at your client. No, like, oh no. In Tennessee, gosh. there's a special prodding device issued by the state. No, oh. I, I know the regulations out there. You try to pull, pull one out. No, 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 no. Uh, I, um, I feel horrible. But what, what do you do? For me or it's him? It's an open tank. There's no tank to... Oh, the open oh. throwing towels. Throwing uh, towels and the poking of the broom. I know. I know. Oh. So, yeah, this is this will need to be addressed for this industry to mature, is what are the proper sequences for this to happen? Now, I recall in the, and I don't remember where I heard this, so take this with a grain of salt, but that uh, in the previous life cycle of floating in the 60s and 70s, there were... Uh, shady stuff as far as male and females go of like maybe men wanting to see the women naked, et cetera. So I, I, I don't want to say too much, but uh, Glenn and Lee, I think uh, may, maybe have said that during a float conference, something like that. Um, and uh, just making sure that we are making sure our clients feel safe. And there are times when we have only male employees at the float shop or we have only female employees at the float shop. So how do we make sure that everybody feels secure, safe, and we appropriately escalate this um, in a manner that, well, honestly, A, keeps them safe, but B, keeps your business safe from liability. Um, you know, I mean, I poked a dude with a broom I, <laughs> while he was naked in a float tank. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. So Only in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't happen in Vegas, is which why I'm allowed to talk about it. So, I, I don't I don't um, know what the answers are here. And again, if somebody has the right can, answers, so let's let let's know. let's let's break this down. So, okay. most people start off by using audio to wake people. If yes. audio doesn't work, uh, maybe yeah. it would be good to us for us to incorporate remote lighting. So yes. then you can then turn on. Uh, say a blue spectrum light, which should simulate daytime or sunrise or make it easier for nice. people to get up. Um, if that doesn't work right now, you'd have audio going and you have lights. sound or lights. Sorry, not sound. Yeah. 
So and you can switch up the audio as well, so you can kick in some more upbeat music. Yeah. Um, something that we do is um, all of our float tanks can be ran remotely. So we flick on the pump for about half a second, and that spins the water around, moves them. Um, that usually gets people up for us. So. Amy, how would that fly in your jurisdiction? Yeah, not allowed to do it, not even allowed to have anything that that we could remotely turn on the pump, though. But, you know, once again, there's lots of different things you can you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have rules. Actually, you know, after all this is said, um, most of the time, if they have someone with them, and fortunately, in oh, the hardest right. cases, we, we have had people where if they have a yes. parent or they have a significant other with them, we've mm-hmm. been able to allow them to go in. Um, and take care of that. Thanks so for bringing we, that up. But Amy. we do have a, we do actually have a set of rules about how you deal with. If you have to walk into a room, there are we have specific rules in, um, in place for for dealing with that, and a lot of them mm-hmm. have to do with, you know, having a towel, how we walk into the room, you mm-hmm. you walk backwards, you have we have a very specific mm-hmm. set of rules uh, regarding that. Which, fortunately, we haven't had to use. But I do think it's a very important thing. Everything you said, Dylan, is so important. Because you are in a very vulnerable position in a float tank. This is a lot like massage therapy. You're in a vulnerable mm. position. You're naked on a table. Yeah, you may be covered. You're still very vulnerable. And we do need to be extremely aware of that. Because a lot of us do deal with people who have had trauma, who have anxiety. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, yes. super important. And, and uh, you know, speaking of massage, there are very specific requirements about where sheets need to be like you're never fully naked on i mean even if you're not wearing clothes the sheets are covering you in some particular way and we don't have any of those regulations in this industry um the nsf isn't going to create that like i I don't know when that starts being you know there being a specific requirement of how you proceed because i i don't know any other situation where where this would exist you know like what this, we're just dealing with something very unique. And so holding ourselves to an extremely high standard, I think, is extremely important. And Amy, yeah, having um, a guideline of, you know, first you knock, then you open the door a crack, and it's just your voice. Then you go in backwards, what have you, uh, all these different steps, or then you hit the light, you know, just everything escalating. But and, then mm-hmm. do you tell every... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Amy. I was going to say, and when you go into the room, we actually, there's a way to reach in without seeing anything and turning off the light. So that there's okay. no light. Yes. So we, yeah, oh, we do have uh-huh. this escalation in place. And we've talked about ways that we can make it even more safe. So it is. So do you tell every client as they come in, this is our procedure? I mean, no. because I think liability-wise, that'd be the best thing to do. But as far as anxiety goes, that's not, that's, that's that less comforting. be the same thing as, you know, why do we not put, you know, the, the big argument a few years ago is why do we not put uh, buzzers or why do we not put call buttons in the room? I know that's mm. changing a lot now, mm-hmm. but that they, you know, Glenn and Lee were always saying it, it produced anxiety right. because it was just there. Um, right. How much do you say? I mean, I could spend an hour. If we started adding everything we think we should intakes, our yes. intake could be an hour long. <laughs> yeah. And when Sandra and I are giving intros, they are that long. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's terrible. Out of all the floats you have facilitated, how many people have not woke up? Like this is this. I want to say this isn't a very common thing. Like, no, uh, there no, is no. not at all. This is less than 0.01 percent. Uh, it, it's an incredibly small amount. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we've never really had an issue with people not getting out. There's been like one or two people, but like I said, we go, we literally. 
I don't know if we're not allowed to do this, but we turn that pump for a second. It moves the water, and you hear the shower on in a minute. So. Which I can't think of any other place where that where the regulations we have to deal with stand. Yeah. So there's I don't think there's a problem with it. Just in Tennessee, because we're Tennessee, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one, Lance. That's uh, just jolt him up a little bit. And yeah. I have to say that um, since we had Mark's new song, <laughs> crazy song with the roosters and such, um, <laughs> it, we really we haven't had any problems at all. So. Oh, nice, cool. But it's still well, good guys, to have those things in place. Check out Mark's song. See if it's a good fit for you. My, and oh, go ahead. I was going to say my girlfriend's obsessed with chicken. She'd love that. That'd be her tune. <laughs> roosters and chickens the whole time. God, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Maybe, maybe that's what she should listen to the whole float. Just totally chill her out. <laughs> cooing. <of. laughs> nice. Can Mark make that for Lance? Is that something he has time for? You better, be- better believe it. <laughs> if it's music better related, be- business he aside, he'll get it done. <laughs> he has time. time. That's right. Nice. Can, can I ask one more uh, question to you guys uh, before we wrap it up? which is, do you do custom audio for people? Like, can they listen to music the full time? Lance, you said that you did, and then you play the bells afterwards. Amy, do you do that? Play, uh, play. Uh, can they listen to what they want during the float? Yes, uh, because we do have each individual amp. Uh, they can hook up an oh, iPod right. or a phone and, and play what they want into the tank. Uh, we do have some of Mark's music, but once again, because we are in Nashville and because people will right. ask us, um, we can't put anybody else's music on there right. unless we have permission and that's just a Nashville thing everybody needs to make their own decision on that um mm. but where I live is just a much more sensitive topic um and, it, and it's people a good have to bring exp- up. I'm sorry what was that Dylan oh just it's a good point to bring up I mean that's true yeah. everywhere that's not I mean you guys yeah. may be more uh, <laughs> adherent to it but that is the legality throughout yeah. the country throughout the U.S. And, and people do uh, have been experimenting a lot more lately. Uh, the most, probably the my most favorite story because he's just so enthusiastic about it. We have a client who plays didgeridoo because he does get that vibration yeah. in the tank that he loves. He loves the feeling of it. And um, there's been uh, experimentation with guided imagery. And uh, I I tried to listen to an audiobook once, but I... Yeah, I zoned out. I couldn't focus. <laughs> but I would like to experiment with languages. I've been trying to learn Korean, oh, nice. and I think that would be pretty awesome. How about y'all? What have you been trying well, in the tank? Can I ask, are, are they able to change the volume? So that's that's the one concern I have. Yeah. Depending um, on what they're playing. True. And and they can't, unfortunately. In our okay. situation, we, we set the audio. We have them walk in the room. We have it open up. We have them put their earplugs in. Mm-hmm. And then they check with us before they get in to make sure that we have a set at a good level. But songs uh, fluctuate. So that is yeah. that can be an issue. I agree. And we I'll say. Uh, and Lance has the perfect Lance gave us the perfect solution to that. Um, Bluetooth where they have con- full control over it. Um, I think that's uh, probably the better situation. Than what we have. Nice. And um was it Andy Zaramba who is working with someone on creating um, audio tracks for increasing personal performance while in a float tank? Yes, Float House. Float House and, is doing that? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool to check out. I, I don't know if they've released it or not. Um, if they have, I have no excuse. I need to check it out. Um, but that, that's, that's interesting. And, and I think we'll see more and more products designed around the float experience. Um, that, that'll be interesting as, as all that stuff develops. Um, and Amy, you were asking what, what we do with custom yeah. music. What have you, what have you experimented with or what have your 
clients experimented with. And even more interesting, when do you tell your clients that that's a possibility? Uh, well, I don't because we don't offer that. Um, <laughs> we, we did mess with that at the beginning when we had fewer clients floating. And most people at the end would say, oh, I see why you don't play music during the float. Because I think um, it can eventually be um, grating, essentially. Like, all of a sudden, I mean, as everything is letting go, there's still this pulsating in your ears. Um, uh, ha maybe helping them select the music would be really important. But at the time, we weren't doing that. And so we had some... And that was gen the general gist was, oh, yeah, I see why you do the quiet and only play it at the end. How about you, Lance? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's it's hard. Um, sometimes we would let clients play their own music, but we haven't actually fully educated all of our staff and created systems and this and that. Because if somebody was playing their Led Zeppelin album, whatever they wanted to listen to, again, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have the right means to wake them up to separate that right. music from the wake up music until I came up with the bells but I still don't think everyone knows about the bells I don't think it's on all of our iPods um, it's really one of those things like from the beginning we got a little excited and talked about with ha without having uh, procedures in place and, mm -hmm. and now it's just something that needs, it just needs to be written down developed and then anybody can come in and listen to whatever they want but Right now, it's sort of spotty for us. <laughs> I, I know for the people who come in to see us, if they're playing their own track, we let them know ahead of time that we will, that we're going to fade out your music five minutes before we start, so you'll have some silence, and then we start playing our music. Um, okay. And it's worked so far, but it may not, if their mm. music sounds a lot like our music, you never know where they're at <laughs> right. in yeah. space, so... Yeah, that, we, that's interesting. I, <clears throat> I like Lance's the most. I, I think Lance has it dialed the best, from what I can tell. We've um, something that's helped a lot of people um, with their floats is um, guided meditation. We've got somebody here from a yoga studio that basically did like a yoga nidra guided meditation that nice. we play in the float tank, and a lot of people will just report that they fall asleep or they completely zone out before the track's even done. It's only like an 18-minute track. <laughs> nice. So for some people that have troubles relaxing or the busy mind, um, this is something that definitely helps those type of people. Yeah, and you know, as, a as much of a proponent as I am for silence during a float, I also totally have to respect that it can be really difficult to just go right into silence, which is why it can be so great to play something at the beginning or, like you said, have a guided meditation to just bring you into that zone because it could be a really stark contrast from the outside world yeah. into complete, I mean, so Very close to so. zero input. Yeah, we see people that come straight from work and their stress yeah. levels are high and, you know, you're in the car. They're running late for their appointment. Running and, yeah, and then they come up and they're going 100 miles an hour. Like, our whole business is built from, like, once you walk in our door, that's one transition a little more relaxed or a little more right. decompressed. And <laughs> once we get you into the room, you're a little more relaxed. The music comes on. You know, we're easing you into the deep relaxation. We want to slowly lift you out. Like, it's... It's almost an art, I think, because if you just take, I had a lady on the weekend that she came in, she was running and she was sweating and she was in and out of the float tank the whole session. And oh, it's just, wow. I, I think it needs to be like, 
approach different. Like you don't come from a marathon and jump in the float tank. Like it's, <laughs> you need to ease in there and I think you need to ease out. And I think music is a great tool to, nice. to help that. Although we have had that. <laughs> we have had people run marathons <laughs> yeah. and they come into flow. I don't uh, necessarily think that's a bad thing to be quite honest. But yeah, a little a little transition is important, and yeah. and yeah, there it is an art, Lance. It's, it's why it's called art of the flow. It, there is an <laughs> art to delivering the flow, and all every little piece adds to the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah, I I love having music in our space. Like even our stairwell. Like when you walk in our stairwell, mm. there's music playing in there, and that sets a completely different tone. If there's music on there versus if if it is just the echoey weird staircase, you know. Ah, right. It's powerful. And same with outside. We have it on our patio too. And you, you you have no music on the patio. It's this weird, sterile thing. But then you put music on and all of a sudden people start gathering out on the patio. It's fascinating. It's interesting. Oh, I like it, Lance. I like that idea. We have a patio as well. Interesting. Cool. Uh, Is there anything else you guys want to talk about as far as sound goes? Floating sound, music, speakers, (laughs) et cetera? Yeah. Not so much. Everyone, yeah. everyone submit your favorite track you use for waking people up in, I don't know, float facilitators. Oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> I want to see right, what Lance. other people are using. It's... Oh, oh, okay. Well, we'll use the, when we post that the show went up, post it on that, on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, we're, yeah we're professionals. We know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's how yeah, I And do I it. do want to know, Lance, the most relaxing song in the world. I have to know this. We'll I make sure we, uh, I'll find the whole article and everything. Cool, and I'll I'll make sure the Rod Stewart's "Do You Think I'm Sexy" is uh, on the show notes page for sure. Cool. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Art of the Float, Artful Floating on Twitter. I am doing consulting. If you're interested in using me as a consult, I'm available. Um, just go to the consulting tab on artofthefloat.com. Uh, you can also check out show notes there and and YouTube videos of Rod Stewart, etc. So uh, yeah, guys. Until next week, we'll see you next week. You're listening to Art of the Float.